This is Talk Medicine with Rob Bennett and Michigan Primary Care Partners of Big Rapids on WBRN. Talk Medicine is a paid medical program which does not reflect the opinions of the management and staff of WBRN and the Big Rapids Radio Network. Welcome back to Talk Medicine with Dr. Harpreet Singh from Michigan Primary Care Partners in Big Rapids and at michiganprimarycarepartners.com. I'm Rob Bennett and this is News Radio WBRN sponsored by Metron of Big Rapids, caring for people one person at a time. We're talking with Dr. Singh about insomnia today and lots of different areas of sleep disorders i guess and sleep problems and what about older people and insomnia so this is a very interesting topic uh, you know so what happens is you have to understand what is happening in their body first you know let's take an example of a heart failure patient you know uh, usually the old people will get heart failure so when you have a heart failure what are the symptoms you will be facing with you are having a water retention in the legs, right? Mm. And you have swelling in the legs and you're eating a lot of soup and, you know, you're eating a lot of sodium and you get water retention. And when you lie down in the bed, what happens? The water rushes from your legs into the heart, into the right side of the heart, okay? So when it goes into the right side of the heart, our right our receives the water or mm-hmm. blood, right? So it receives and then it goes into the lungs. Then it comes into the left side of the heart from where the blood leaves. So let's say if a patient is a heart failure patient, patient's left heart is not working, it will push the water into the backward direction. That's, that's, uh, you know, the sump pump is not not working. So the water goes back into the lungs, causing the water retention in the lungs and into the right side, and this will cause difficulty in breathing at nighttime because now the water is sitting in the lungs, and the patient will get up and start breathing again. So that's why sometimes the heart failure patients will use number of pillows so that water does not stagnate in the lungs. Oh, so they kind of sleep setting up. Sitting up. Setting up, up in the couch. Of, okay, yeah. So... And that will do what? Like that will disturb their sleep. Mm-hmm. And sometimes these pe- patients will say, you know what? I am having difficulty in breathing and they will go towards the window and they will start breathing. It's like, oh, you know, the fresh air really felt really good, you mm-hmm. know? And so heart failure is, then some people will have COPD, the patients who smoke a lot. Yeah. They will have, the lungs are already toasted are because of the smoking. Now, mm-hmm. remember, there's a right heart, then there's lungs, then the left heart. Now, we're not talking about the left heart failure per se over here. We're talking about the lung issues or COPD. Mm-hmm. This COPD, if the lungs are toasted, what's going to happen? The right side of the heart is gone, okay? Mm-hmm. The blood will stagnate in the right side. And the lungs are not able to exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide and what's going to happen? And they will again have problems in breathing and they can have the issues of sleep because the carbon dioxide increases in the brain and and this will cause hypoxemia or low oxygen and which can disrupt the sleep. And this is the main reason for patients who are having a COPD. Now, 
take these two conditions, now let's combine those two conditions. The patients who have heart failure and COPD together. Mm. What's going to happen? Are they going to sleep? No. No, <laughs> no not at all. So, and who are those patients? These patients are the patients who have eaten junk food all their life. Mm-hmm. And they are now obese also. Now you add another condition on top of it, obstructive sleep apnea. So when you have an obstructive sleep apnea, what's going to happen? So patient is saying that, Doc, I am dozing off. I have low oxygen. They are snoring. They are getting up at night to pee because the con- the pathophysiology of of uh, uh, obstructive sleep apnea. Then what's going to happen? Their carbon dioxide level goes up and they have problems with erection. They have problems with daytime sleepiness. They are tired. And so they have restless. They are, they are restless. So what really happens in obstructive sleep apnea is when if you see this is the patient's neck, right? So if the patient's neck is like this, this is getting obstructed. It's kind of being pinched off. Pinched right? off, right? Yeah. And so what's going to happen? The carbon dioxide is going to go up. When the carbon dioxide, the oxygen is going to be low, what's going to happen? The brain is going to sense increased carbon dioxide and decreased oxygen. And what's going to happen in the vital organs? What is going to happen? Because this is low, and there will be a flow. The 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 body thinks, "Oh my gosh, I am low in oxygen." Mm-hmm. So this kind of opens up. When this opens up, the blood pressure drops, but body does not like the low blood pressure. Our brain starts firing, and this causes the stress hormones to go up. When the stress hormones go up, what happens? You wake up. You wake up or or the blood pressure will be up and you wake up because you want the oxygen to be in. Blood pressure will be a little high. And you probably have a headache. Headaches. <laughs> and that's why strokes happen in the morning, mostly in the morning. Mm. So all these conditions, the heart failure, now COPD, obesity, obstructive sleep apnea. Now, as I was discussing in the last segment, when you're obese not able to lose weight, what happens? You're not able to sleep, daytime sleepiness, headaches in the morning, not present at work, presentism, Mm -hmm. absent at work, absentism, not able to pay attention to what's going on, and you lose interest at work. Yeah, yep. So all these conditions tie in, and then, you know, some of these patients will get depression because... They are not able to sleep, and they have these ailments. So everything, what was the initiating point was the obesity, or they were not able to sleep, and they were not able to exercise, which caused the vicious cycle of obesity. Mm -hmm. Wow. Wow. (laughs) You know, everything is tied in. Everything is connected, isn't it? And they will get depressed, right? Mm -hmm. If they get depressed, what's going to happen? If they are depressed, what is going to happen? So depression will cause what? They will be bored. They -hmm. will be, you know, they will not be involved in their families. And what are the symptoms of depression then? You know, again, 
the symptoms of depression the most important thing is insomnia mm-hmm. guilt energy loss suicidal ideation pleasure loss not able to concentrate so then they get are stuck in that same rut of insomnia mm-hmm. they go back into that so it all starts with one thing and then so if you are having a sleep problem you need to talk to your doctor about it whether you're old young you know young it is easy because it's they are using stimulants mm-hmm. but in old patients we need to get to the bottom of it right don't just con- say <clears throat> oh you know it's a restless leg syndrome you have a question my friend well yeah i was going to ask you about about that because you were talking about that and when you said young and it doesn't have to be young I, i'm not singling out young people because older people do it too but drinking to excess when you're drinking and drinking and drinking and you pass out that's not a good night's sleep either is it you know i mean when you're when you're you know just passing out because of alcohol every night you're not getting your right sleep yes absolutely absolutely you know the most important thing you know is to figure out uh you know the cause of this you know to figure out what exactly is going on and uh, the if you find the pathophysiology of this then it is then we can nail the diagnosis and treat it and young people can get depressed just like old people yeah, right old, and yeah. it, it, old young and depression what is uh, now what about insomnia with young people and depression so again you know uh, the most important thing is you have to identify some patients will have you know copd at a young age i have patients who are 30 years of age who are have copd really because, because they are smoking three packs a day or two packs a day yeah. and nobody has told them about the smoking cessation you know somebody asked me how nobody has told them about it <laughs> <laughs> no again you know nobody has explained them you know what exactly implications they will face in the life you know so somebody asked me what is the definition of young and old i just tell them very simple definition my definition of young and old and they said my definition is 43 years of age I said what do you mean by 43 years of age i'm 42 right so my definition for it it's increases every year <laughs> so, <laughs> now are you using your example are you old or young i'm What? young okay <laughs> next now year 43 is old <laughs> next, next year, year. <laughs> next year will be plus one, right <laughs> i like it i like it so it's all perception right you're always young you know yeah. you're always young yeah. otherwise we we can give you some uh, uh vigra something like that <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> uh, well what about that what about middle aged people so, so middle aged people uh, you know so again the symptoms uh of the old people young people you know they can all happen in the middle age you know depression anxiety all can start in the middle age you know the disease conditions can start in the middle age and can progress worse and so we have to kind of but most importantly in the middle age is the financial stress so you have to take it one day at a time so we have to nail the problem because remember the absenteeism or presentism the you know the uh, the companies which are looking that's why they are giving a lot of devices if, you know to take charge of their health they have a lot of health and wellness stuff which is going on mm-hmm. so all this can be associated with the um middle age also so 
middle ages you can get anything because middle age people do drink they smoke so all the things which are happening in the young age can happen in the middle age mm-hmm. all the things which can happen in the old age can are happening in the middle age and because a lot of people and I, I don't know if it's so much now like nowadays but my my dad he started smoking when he was probably 12 years old you know and so i don't know if people do that now so oh, much i have a patience really yeah yep. so but that's by so by the time you're 40 and you if you've been smoking since you were 12 obviously that's going to Give you some problems. You know, I, you know. Today only, I had a patient who uh, who never smoked in her life, never touched a cigarette. But she used to be always uh, next to her husband, and husband smoked three packs a day for eighteen years. Mm. So, so secondhand, secondhand smoke. smoke. And now she, this poor girl, is suffering because of her husband's. But he's go go. You know, he is gone. He's gone to God's home, mm-hmm. and nothing to come. She cannot do anything. Right. So wow. uh, it, it is tricky. You know, it is very tricky that at that time I still remember. You know, the people used to they used to preach the smoking is good. You know, and but they don't understand what implications will happen down the road. Mm-hmm. Like right now, they are preaching marijuana is good. Marijuana is good. Marijuana is good. You know, mm-hmm. but people don't understand what exactly the harmful effects will happen you know dr clark my uh, my partner in uh, in pain clinic he gave me a very interesting uh, article about marijuana and the side effects of marijuana and he has a very very interesting you know he's he was doing a research on the articles you know people say marijuana is good you don't know if you take you, i don't know whether you will take one leaf or two leaf of marijuana or three leaf of yeah. marijuana and if you put narcotics with it or you put a narco with it or fentanyl patch with it, you know, how will it react? Or you will put some alcohol to it or, you know, add alcohol to marijuana. How will it react? Yeah. So we don't know how the effects of this will show up down the road. And We need to get you to examine Willie Nelson because he's in his 80s and he's been smoking marijuana forever. <laughs> Who's, oh, really? Willie Nelson, a, a country music star that uh, we play. Yeah. Uh, again, you know, again, I, uh, you know, some people will have effect, some people will not have yeah. effect. Whether it depends on their enzymes, whether they are drinking alcohol or not, whether they are using narcotics or not. Again, it's a case by case. You cannot, but we in our clinic, we are strongly against it because we don't know. Right. Yeah, and it just has you know a lot more research and stuff like that yeah, to go through. Well, we're nearing the end of it. We've got probably uh, oh, let's say two more minutes of okay. of, uh, of time in this segment, and then we're going to go to uh, the the third segment. So, did you want to uh, get to the restless leg syndrome? Kind of touch on that, or do you want to wait until the third segment for that? It's the third segment. Uh, you know, I can what I can. Uh, add is that when you go to your doctor's office, you know, what type of, uh, what happens when you are sleepless, you know, when you are uh, not able to sleep, you want to make sure that you are taking the list of medications because numerous medications are there which can cause insomnia, like heart medications, beta blockers, then, you know, the steroid medications, bronchodilators can cause that. Then uh, then medications which are CNS stimulants and which stimulate your brain can cause that. And sometimes after 50 years of age, a postmenopausal woman can come with the sleep, uh, you know, sleep loss. They're not able to sleep because they are sweating at night. 
So very, very important to understand that. And sometimes people are depressed or anxious. They can have problems in sleeping. The Again, our most important, uh, you know, history when we ask the patient is, you know, whether you are having problems in initiating and maintaining, but also for how long this has been going on, duration. Mm-hmm. And then onset, was it sudden or gradual? And whether it happened every night or not, like mm-hmm. you were asking. Right. And then uh, what time did you wake up? You know, that is also very important. And so sometimes, you know, the occasion, like after the exams, they're not able to sleep or during the exam, they're not able to sleep. And then whether it's getting worse or not, and, you know, whether you have tried to change your lifestyle, you know, whether mm-hmm. you have done any yoga, Pilates, exercise, that kind of stuff. We'll be back and talk restless leg syndrome with Dr. Harpreet Singh from Michigan Primary Care Partners next with segment three.